0: Thanks for tuning in to the Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast. This is episode 38, Six Top Hacks of Successful Creatives, with our special guest, Mac Hughes from HoneyBook. Lots of great tips in this episode, so we hope you love it, rock stars.
1: Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow, and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best brightest and most honest industry advice on the internet their mission is to help you wedding rock star work smarter not harder hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz
0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of rock your wedding biz this is mindy marzek and i am back again with my lovely <laughs> co-host renee dallow we have hey. to start thinking of uh, like better ways to introduce each other
2: well, I just feel like it's always going to be the two of us. So we always say like, we're, we're here with, and it's like, well, who else?
0: But we are here with someone else today. We have a very special guest who's coming on to give us some awesome business hacks. We have Mac Hughes from HoneyBook joining us today. Welcome, hey, Mac.
3: Mac. Hi, I'm so excited to be here, you guys.
0: We're excited to have you here. Totally. So <laughs> Mac, uh, we know you very well. But for people who aren't familiar with uh, who you are and your role with HoneyBook, give us just a quick little rundown of how you got started working with HoneyBook, what you do with them, and just a little bit of what HoneyBook's all about.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, Honeybook is a cloud based software for um, creative entrepreneurs to manage their businesses and kind of streamline their processes um, in the easiest way possible so that they can run their business from anywhere and that their clients can book them more efficiently. Um, so, my role here is to um, introduce that to people, make sure that people who are trialing our product are comfortable with it, and ultimately, um, get them to a decision that they're comfortable with, either to move forward with the product or to say it's not the best fit.
2: so oftentimes, you're the first person that people talk to when they're talking
3: to Honeybook, oh, yeah, a hundred percent. So we even have like um live chat on our website. So our clients can come on and um just ask like quick questions. So even before they're like a trialer of the product, they can be coming on and asking me questions just through live chat.
2: I love that. So you're getting the they're getting like the entry level, like problem solving situations for people.
3: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Or even like, why am I on this website? What are you guys doing? Right. (laughs) Why Why am I here? Yeah. One one
2: of the things I love about HoneyBook and like full disclosure, I use HoneyBook for my contracts and payments, Um, and I guess also full disclosure, I'm a leader for Rising Tide Society, which is um, part of HoneyBook. So. That's how I know HoneyBook. But one of the things I love about what HoneyBook does is that because they have such a wide range of people that use the product, um, I love when you do the surveys.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I'm assuming you're talking about like when when we're getting like product feedback and like how we kind of build the product, right?
2: Yeah. And just like, I just love, A, that you guys are always kind of wanting to know what we're doing. But then even just like the broad like overview, I just feel like because you have this, Audience of of successful creatives, um, you know, you're able to kind of get data <laughs> on how yes. we're on how we're all doing and how how we're running our businesses. And you know, oftentimes people don't talk about that to one another, which is one of the reasons Mindy and I wanted to start this podcast. To be honest,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And so we love that you're the perfect person to talk to for this topic, and you're going to share six hacks of successful creatives, which is because you are on the front lines, talking to all these different creatives and you, you are hearing firsthand what they need, what they do in their business. And, you know, like Renee said, you're collecting this data through surveys and just chatting with people. And I feel like this is just a bunch of really, really good tips that all creative business owners can apply to their business, no matter if they're in the wedding industry, if they're a blogger like me, um, or, you know, any type of creative job.
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, And, you know, kind of having insights on what equals success and what to kind of not waste your time on. So yeah, I'm super excited.
0: Okay, well, let's, let's get into it. I love it. Okay, so uh,
3: tip number one is to set clear actionable goals, right? Yes, a 1000%. This is like step number one. I mean, even before you're coming up with your business name. You should be yeah. sitting down and writing what you want to get out of this. Um, what is your goal? Like, what's your aim? Um, where are you headed? That kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I feel like this one is daunting to especially new business owners. I can hear them through the through the internet saying like, oh, but I just want to book a wedding. And, you know, I get it because I was there too. At the beginning, it was like, I just want to work. And then, you know, once you do this for a hot minute, you're like, oh, but not every gig is a good gig right? right and i feel like we every creative can say that so i feel like the quicker you can get clear on what the overall goals are you know the big picture goals then you really do um sort of arm yourself with a little bit more power to say no to things that aren't serving you but you know it's an ongoing process i think i'm in i'm almost in year 6 of my business and there are still some days where i'm like oh you should say no to this and it feels like a struggle <laughs> mm-hmm. you know
3: Mm-hmm. Well, because I think a lot of times too, it can feel like, um, it's like, you have to be in a place of privilege almost to say no. It's like, oh, yeah. well, I'm not, I'm not a Jenna Kutcher or I'm not a so-and-so. Right. I can't turn down work. like as a small business owner, it's so easy to get in your own head and just say like, I just, I, I got to take whatever I can. Mm-hmm. But it's so important and you need to be like more strategic with saying no to things because there really are time sucks and things that can be insignificant that you don't need to waste your time with. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a client, you know, like, yeah, sure. Take every job you can, but like make sure that the goals and the general action items that you're taking on on a daily basis um, are things that are putting you in a strategic place to move forward and be successful. So
2: we actually did an episode um, all about how to say no, which was our episode 15. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, And that dealt with a lot of what you just said, Mac. It's like not only saying no to clients that aren't ideal, but also saying no to opportunities within your industry that might not serve you in the long run or even in the moment.
3: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So powerful. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I feel like as a social media coach, I get a lot of people who come to me and they're just like... I need to like work on Instagram. And I'm like, well, do you have, what is your goal with Instagram? It's just like, I need more followers. And I'm like, that's not a great goal. (laughs) Like it needs to align with your business goals. Like what are your business goals and how can Instagram fit in with that? So I feel like it's not only like high level business goals, but macro and, and micro goals underneath that too. Like you have to have goals with every aspect of your business. So I love that that is, Tip number one, because I feel like you just have to start there. Goals are so important. Absolutely. What is tip number two?
3: So we've got organize your processes, which Mm. is like the perfect segue from our last topic of (laughs) setting clear goals. It's like you've got your goals. How do you get there? Um, So yeah, I think honestly, just having the more you can consolidate, um, the more you can get things in one place or just one view. Um, the more you can kind of keep track of what is it that you're even doing on a daily basis? Like how much time are you spending on, um, you know, X, Y, and Z each day? Uh, when was the last time you actually sat down and like even recorded how much time, like that would be so interesting to do that as a business owner, you know, and see Uh, where your time is allocated. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I did
2: that maybe two years ago in a, in a slow season. Like I was like, okay, now I can like actually figure out. And I, you know, I set up a little a little timer and a little app and I had a little notepad next to me and I was like, oh, it is appalling how much time I waste. It's gotten much better since then, but it is, it's very sobering to realize like maybe I'm not as productive as I think I am. And also that speaks to our episode last week about productivity. So it, we're bringing it full circle for you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously um, having some type of organization and processes and, and tools in place, um, like I have a blogging to-do checklist. You know, mm-hmm. I have everything that I go through, and I refer to it, um, especially in the beginning when I was first starting out and I was trying to get more organized. And I was like, okay, I have to come up with the title, and I have to add my photos, and I have to do my tags, and you know, there's a bunch of things. And if you have a checklist to go through, it just makes your life so much easier. And I talked about in the in the last episode, episode thirty-seven that i love my to-do list like i live and die by my to-do (laughs) list if i don't have a list i am on a ship in the ocean going nowhere
3: yes (laughs)
2: I mean, you know, as a wedding planner too, every single one of my clients gets a very detailed checklist. And even on my back end, I have an even more thorough checklist. So we're always about the checklists. (laughs) But one of the things I want to talk about about organizing your processes is um, don't just do it for yourself, y'all who are listening, do it so that one day you can grow and scale and hand that piece of paper to someone else and say, this is how we do it. (laughs) And then you can teach other people how to do what you're doing so that you're not, you know, just drowning in the everyday work. Yes,
0: I am like crying tears of joy over here to hear that. (laughs) That is it. So true, so
2: true.
0: Okay, so tip number two kind of leads into tip number three. Mac, what is tip number
3: three? So we've got the word automate written here, which like don't, you know, turn off the podcast at the here, at the sound of that. (laughs) Um, But this, I know this is like a dirty word to most people, but we're not talking about um, like email automation. We're not talking about like spammy stuff. Exactly, we're talking about the behind the scenes of a business owner, um, you know, like your finances, wouldn't it be nice to have a program or something, step in and do that for you. Um, all the things that you don't like to do, that's what we're talking about, not the client facing side, not what your client has in their inbox necessarily.
2: Yeah, I love that. I, I feel like it's a thing, it's, it's kind of a process to embrace automation because I think as our business owners, we're like, we have to do everything ourselves, it's my baby. But, you know, I'm a big fan of Jenna Kutcher. I know, Mac, you mentioned Jenna earlier, and um, she's been doing a lot of, of uh, podcasts and a lot of talk about how she got herself ready for her maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And it was shocking to me. Well, not shocking, but it was very enlightening to hear about how much she has automated and how much um, is sort of done, set up once and then just done for her. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you who don't know who Jenna Kutcher is, she's a former photographer um, current educator and she has an, a great podcast. We'll link to it. And, you know, just great. She has great products, but she's a, you know, she's on the top 10 podcasts nationwide. So she's got a lot going on. She's
3: a powerhouse.
2: She is a powerhouse. And, uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I agree when we say automate people are like, Oh, I don't want an auto responder. And that's just like, you know, tip of the iceberg when it comes to automation.
3: A thousand percent. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It's like, you know thinking about again back to that idea of like the last time you sat down and calculated how much time you're spending per day on accounting or replying to your new inquiries or um you know how many of those people even end up getting back to you like do you have a place where you can go and at a glance see that information for your business Um, or even kind of like test yourself for a week, just set like a seven day kind of um, test for yourself to see what those numbers look like for your business. So you can see where there's room for improvement. And also just to have that visibility on your business is so, so valuable. Um, I think it's something that's definitely an awesome task to kind of take on for the new year and kind of refresh and get a new perspective.
2: Yeah. Mindy, do you, are you able to automate any of your blogging?
0: Well, I was just going to say, it's not necessarily my blogging, but it ties in. It's part of my job. Um, my favorite automation tool is canned responses. Mm, Me too. Like, oh my gosh, when I first discovered canned responses for email, it changed my life because I'm constantly, you know, I'm pitching to brands and I'm getting emails from PR firms. And I always write the same thing back. Like, here are my advertising rates. Here's my availability. And I was typing the same thing over and over and over again. So now I just, that's an example of having a canned response where most of it is typed out and I just need to change like 10% of the wording to make it apply to that situation. It is such a game changer. Like everyone needs to be using canned responses or templates for email.
3: Yes. And it's not necessarily like an automated email. Like I think people can get kind of easily confused there. It's like, this is a template so that 90% of the work is already done. Mm -hmm. When the opportunity presents itself or the situation presents itself for that email to come into play, you just pull it in, make a quick edit. It's not impersonal and then you're sending it off. So it's not email automation at all, but it's still definitely saving you a huge chunk of time. So yes, yes, yes. I love that.
2: Can I tell you my favorite automation, which is going to sound like I'm um, kissing up to you, Mac, because you work for HoneyBook?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, go for
2: it. <laughs> so I do my I do my contracts and my payments through HoneyBook, and the way I bill my wedding planning clients is that everyone's on a payment plan. Normally, it's four payments because it works for my cash flow, and I think it's um, there's many reasons. We can get into that in another in another podcast. But um, once you set up your payment plan with HoneyBook, they automatically will send an email to your client. Reminding them that a payment is due. And then if it by chance becomes overdue, they take care of it. I literally never think about it again. And it is my all time favorite automation. Because honestly, if I I think about it, sometimes I'm like, if I ever left HoneyBook, I would have to do that because there is I, to my knowledge, there isn't another service that does that. And it would be like soul crushing to have to do that to my clients. Like when it comes from a third party, it's so much nicer. So I know that sounds like a kiss up, but that's the truth.
3: No, I mean, like, (laughs) let's face it, talking about money and talking about finances with your clients is one of the most awkward parts of doing business. So when you can eliminate that conversation and just have a program kind of take that on for you, Mm -hmm. it's like not only like a peace of mind aspect, but it again is giving you time back, which is so important when you're a creative entrepreneur. Like you started your business based from passion, not because you love sending people invoices. So <laughs> like that's what it's all about. That's the soundbite of the episode right there. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? I love sending invoices. That isn't true. I actually I love getting paid, but I don't love sending invoices. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yes,
0: absolutely.
2: Well, I think this leads us to number four, which is price confidently, a.k.a. raise those prices, y'all.
0: Everybody, raise your
3: prices. Snaps for raising prices. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like your price point, um, something that I think can get kind of lost in translation when you're running your own business um, or like a thought that can kind of go, get away from you is just that this is your first way that you're conveying your value to your clients, Um, so when they're looking at you, it's not like they're shopping at TJ Maxx and they're looking for a discount. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they, they don't want discounted product. They don't want discounted service. Um, they want to see your price point and know that you are talented, which you are. Hello. Let your work speak for itself. Um, like, you know, that you're not a discounted person. So don't price yourself discounted. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's so true. I wonder, and you know, we didn't talk about this beforehand, so I'm obviously just putting you on the spot, Mac. But I wonder, do you guys, because you see the back end of businesses or whatever, I wonder if there's any correlation between like, do the higher priced wedding photographers say have a higher booking rate than the lower ones or whatever. I wonder if there's any correlation there.
3: Yeah, I'm sure we've done some kind of survey at some point on that. I'll have to hit up Nicole on our side to see um like what kind of data we have behind that. I know last year um our head of people actually did um it actually got a lot of publicity over here. I think Natalie Frank was on that too, but um we did a survey about um the pay gap in the creative industry. You guys remember that. Okay. Amazing. Yes. We'll
2: link to it in the show notes. It's fascinating. Yes.
3: So interesting because, um, I think this part, I, I don't know how much they touch on it in the actual report, but the thing that I think is most fascinating with it is as a creative, you are pricing yourself you are giving yourself and your services a a dollar backing. And the fact that we are still valuing ourselves um, as women, really, um, as lesser value than our male counterparts is absolutely fascinating because it's like, you know, we have the power to do better than that. So, like, don't be afraid. Get on that.
2: Yeah, it breaks my heart. It break. It really does break my my little feminist heart to hear that. And I know that it's true because I see it. I see it. I see it with my friends. I see it with my colleagues. I see it with the students in my online course. Like, there's a lot of fear when it comes to pricing. There's a lot of fear and self worth and confidence. And and I'm not good enough. Um, and it's such a. It's it's not just. I mean, it's such a mental hurdle to overcome. You know, there is a reason why all of our pricing episodes are highest rated episodes. So yes. like episode twenty, episode four. Even when we spoke to uh, Maria Bayer, who's a sales expert, like her episode is right up there. There's there's a lot of um, mindset over you know to overcome uh-huh. when talking about pricing. But you're right, Mac, because we do set our own prices because we do set our own in a way value perceived value anyway. Um, you have to just be brave and go for it.
3: Yes. Absolutely. Um, And I know this might be kind of a silly example, but this is honestly what I couldn't stop thinking about when we were talking about this. Um, My mom has this fun story that she always tells. She is a landlord. And she has this property that she was renting at like a lower price point for years and years and years. And every time she would get a new tenant, the house was like completely trashed. And she was like, well, it's not, it's not in the best part of town, you know, and it's a little rundown and it's just an income property, you know, nothing to worry about, blah, blah. And so she would have to put all this work in every time before she got a new tenant. But when she raised her price point for rental, She found that the people were treating the place so much nicer. It's like she didn't have to replace as much. She was like qualifying herself and qualifying her property for like a higher standard of clientele. So she didn't Mm -hmm. have as high of a turnover. She didn't have a trash property. Um so I think there's a lot of value in that too like the client that you're going to attract who is your target market what price point are they going to be savvy to and like who do you ultimately want to work with which is another really important kind of business model basic setting clear goals kind of objective to set for yourself when you're first starting out. Uh
2: oh, Mac I love that story so yeah, much. Yeah that's
3: an absolutely wonderful analogy. I love it. Yeah.
2: I'm going to think about that forever now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like, you know, because when we when we think
2: about our businesses, it's it seems personal to us. But when you think about real estate, when you think about someone else's investment property, you're like, oh, right. Yeah. Because people value what they pay for, basically. And they pay for what they value, vice versa. All right. So what is tip number five? Because this is one of my favorites.
3: Yeah. So I feel like we already kind of even touched on this a teensy bit. Um, but we're talking about taking online payments here. Um, yeah, y'all. Yes. So this is kind of back to the idea of like who do you want to attract as a client um, and kind of making yourself very available to your clients to um, have them book you? <laughs> like, yeah, do you want to book um, more people? Who do you want to book? So I don't know. I, I know on the front lines when I'm talking to a lot of our honeybook clientele, they don't realize that they're kind of negatively setting themselves apart from the competition when they're asking for cash or check payments because it takes so long and your clients are already savvy to electronic payments. Like they already are paying PG&E, their credit card bills, their mortgage, their cell phone bill. Like they're already used to having those payments electronically going on. It's not like they're going to be Turned off by this idea of you sending them an invoice online. So
2: it's so true. So I, can I tell you a quick little anecdote about this? Please. So one of my lovely twenty nineteen clients, and they truly are just like the best, the best couple. They're the sweetest, um, and you know they're successful and savvy and and all the things. They wanted to book a string quartet for their wedding ceremony, which is not an unusual request. Sure, um, I pitched them a few different people that I know. And they found someone online who had some videos posted of music that they liked. And they said, how about this person? And I said, sure. You know, I don't, I cannot vouch for them firsthand because I've never worked with them, but they seem legit. Let's go for it. So we start the booking process and because I don't know the the vendor, I don't know their backstory or, or, you know, their generational age or anything, but um, they made my clients pay them with a, with a check. And <laughs> my bride said, so what is that? Like, can I send a check through the bank or like, how does that work? Because I realized very quickly that they didn't have a checkbook, yeah. like a physical checkbook. I yeah. know. And she was she was like, maybe if I go online and I ask them to send her a check, do you think they'll do it? And I was like, well, I know my bank does it. And we had to have this whole conversation about like how to get this woman a check.
3: Oh my goodness.
2: And then I resp- and I went back to the um, vendor and I said, hey, so they're going to send you a check from the bank. And then she was like, well, well then have them print out the contract and sign it and mail it back to me. And the whole thing took like two and a half weeks to book a string quartet. And I was like, this is not worth it. Like I felt so I felt so put off and I, as the planner, I felt so like at sea, like, are we booked? Did you get the contract? Like, will you email me when you get the contract? Yeah. And I realized how spoiled I am because of one, I've been taking online payments since I opened my business. But also, like it is now, it is now the standard. And if you're not doing it, you just seem like you're 90 years old and out of touch. And I think. beyond
3: that, too, like beyond the client perspective, which is obviously a huge factor in all of this kind of decision on whether to take online payment or not, there's so much peace of mind. Like you were saying, like not being out at sea, like you know exactly what is going on like it is a yes or no answer it is not a it's in the mail and it's up to ups to deliver it to your front door like it is very clearly online tracked and available for you to have information about which it's like it's your money it is your income like take pride in that and like treat it like that yeah
2: so mac what do you say to the people listening because i can hear them again through the internet saying like but that's expensive and they take a percentage for me i just tell people that's the cost of doing business end of story, but do you have any, any other words of wisdom for people who are having that hesitation?
3: I mean, yeah, I, again, kind of back to the client side of things, especially if we're talking about the wedding business, which we definitely are in this conversation, um, brides are young and they are savvy about payment methods. And, um, you know, you should really just be putting yourself in a position as a business owner where, you um are allowing your clients to make a decision based off of the work and the service and the relationship that you're offering them and letting booking convenience not even be a factor in the decision to book with you. Um I think that's so so valuable. Like you don't want to have your brides be deciding not to book with you because Uh, they just think it's going to take too long and they'd go with somebody else who maybe isn't even able to provide them with the same amazing service that you are. So just don't let that even be a factor. It's absolutely a cost of doing business these days. Just add it into your cost if that's what you have to do. Just up your prices. Again, back to our bullet point a couple minutes ago, price confidently, um, take value in your work and move forward with confidence.
0: Yeah, I'll just say uh, for me, um, when I'm doing my social media coaching, I do my invoicing and all my payments through PayPal. And if someone can't pay through PayPal, I just say, I'm sorry, I'm not the the right coach for you because I just can't be I can't be bothered with spending my time trying to figure out a different method of payment.
3: Absolutely. Back to the power of saying no, I love this. There are so many (laughs) different ties to all these things we're talking about today. Totally. All
0: right. So we're getting down to the wire. So, again, these are the top hacks of successful business creatives. Mac, what is the final business hack?
3: Okay. I feel like people are really going to love this one because it's something that actually is super easy to do. Take time for yourself. Just take time. (laughs) Again, back to the power of saying no. Um, Self care is a huge topic these days. and your clients will be able to pick up on when you're at the end of your rope, when you're stretched too thin, again, back to the idea of letting your work speak for itself. Um, Don't let the stress of time management affect your work because your clients will be able to see through that. So, you know, whatever that means for you to take time. I know for me, it's a lunchtime workout a couple of days a week. Um, Maybe it's getting up and walking the dog. Um, Routine in general is so important. It's so difficult, I think, as a creative entrepreneur to separate your life from your work uh, because they're basically the same thing. You're working from home or a coffee shop. Um, Your life is just as demanding as your clients sometimes. So I think it's really important to kind of not that let that be like a line in the sand but more like dig that trench like build that <laughs> time for yourself like let your clients know seriously like these are my working hours yes. um i think clients respect that i not to go on for too long here, but I love this story. My, my girlfriend um, from high school does my hair and she um, always, always posts her hours of availability on her Instagram stories, on her website, um, on her salon's website, where she rents a booth from. She is constantly letting her clients know when she will not be replying. Which I think is so so valuable um, and powerful.
0: Especially when you own your own business, you have to set those boundaries. Absolutely, and I love that you said
2: like dig that trench instead of draw <laughs> a line because sometimes it really feels that way. But I'm a big fan of like just schedule it if it you know if it's in my Google calendar, it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I'm you know doing this year. Uh, of course, we're only 16 days into the year at this point, but uh, you know, is every month I'm going to get a facial. And I know that sounds pretty, whatever, decadent, but it's like, that is the self-care that I'm needing. Right. So I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Right. (laughs) So I'm just going to schedule it and it's going to be in the calendar and it's going to be marked as busy. And then no one can make a phone call with me or like, it is sacred. Right. So if you're, if you're listening and you're struggling with self-care and you're like, I just can't do it, just schedule it. Just schedule it for yourself. And um, as far as you know, the office hours, as you all know, I'm a huge fan of that. I have mine in my email signature, which actually leads me to a tie-in to HoneyBook because doesn't Honeybook have an email signature generator? Yes, yes, we do. And can you put your out of office hours or your general office hours in that signature? I think you can. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. Oh, do it, people. And Renee, don't you use a like calendar program that shows your clients when you're available for phone calls?
2: I do. I use Calendly, which um, actually, once again, this is not planned, y'all, but uh, Calendly also integrates with HoneyBook. So it's funny yes. that you mentioned that. Um, so all these things, all all roads lead to HoneyBook.
0: Mac, I'm so glad you're here. And I just <laughs> want to say real quick that we didn't plan this at all, but a lot of these tips that we're talking about today are lead back to last week's episode about productivity. Yeah. Like It's almost just like, okay, Like I, I feel the universe telling me all the things that I need to do this year.
3: (laughs) Like I get it.
0: I get it. I'm going to take time for myself. I'm going to automate all my, all my emails and all my business process. I'm going to use my templates and my to-do lists. Okay. Got it.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes, I feel like general, like concluding statement for sure is just like, um, taking the time in your day this new year to kind of figure out where you can get time back. Yeah and how you can get time back and then moving forward with that plan.
2: I love it. So Max, since we have you here and you do work for the, the good old HoneyBook, um, tell us a little bit about how HoneyBook can help us with the things we mentioned or just how to get involved with HoneyBook if anyone who's listening is, doesn't know about HoneyBook or is interested in starting up.
3: And
0: how people can find you online or reach out to you. Oh yeah.
3: Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So i um, yeah, I mean, honeybook.com, very easy. Just type that on into your browser and you'll find us no problem. And I know you guys have your own kind of um, referral option that you can give to your listeners, too. So yes. we'll definitely include that afterwards. But, yeah, main objective here with HoneyBook is just kind of everything we talked about today, streamlining your processes through um, the interwebs. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> having your files electronically available both to yourself and to your clients, giving you a clear viewpoint of everything that you're working on, everyone that you're working with, and kind of what stage they fall into in your process. So again, being very kind of strategic with what does your process look like. um, HoneyBook will kind of outline a bird's eye view of where you are um, and what you need to do in your process before you're actually like completed with an event. Um, So all the way through contract signatures, payments, all of your communication back and forth, pretty much everything that it takes to get an inquiry from that to um, a completed event. So that's really where we kind of step in and help you um, streamline those processes, save time, and just make everything as easy as possible so the booking process is as short and efficient for you and your clients as it
2: could be. Which is interesting because because next week, y'all, we're gonna do an episode about inquiries. Which we'll talk a lot more about this, but I just want to point out that from from the HoneyBook perspective, um, you can put a contact form on your website and get and capture your leads through HoneyBook, and then take your client or potential client at that point through the entire process to booking and then into workflow through HoneyBook. So if you're listening and you're, and we, and when we said organize your processes, you were like, uh, everything's on a Google doc, um, consider giving HoneyBook a try, um, with our code that we'll put in the show notes and in the blog post, um, you will get, uh, 50% off HoneyBook. So it's a uh, very, 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 uh, nice, very nice referral. Um, so thank you HoneyBook for that. Um, but HoneyBook really does do all the things we said it it will do. Um, it will make your life a lot easier. It also integrates with QuickBooks, Calendly, there's a Gmail, like there's a lot of integrations, a lot of things that are designed to just make it, um, simple for you because that's what we want. Make everything simple so that you can have more time for yourself, right?
3: Yes, absolutely.
2: It sounds so peaceful when you say it, you're like, yes, it's so simple.
3: (laughs) Come join us <laughs> Peace, peaceful and
2: simple and good I love it well Mac thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today we loved having you on you're a gem how can people find you directly
3: oh my gosh um, I feel like my main source these days is just Instagram Nice. Um, and HoneyBook has an Instagram account as well so my Instagram name is holy mackerel uh, <laughs> that's going to be holy.mac which is m-a-c dot Carol K-E-R-E-L. Also, if you guys are stopping by um, HoneyBook.com, we are on live chat. We've got our amazing um, reps over here to kind of help you guys evaluate things. There is no pressure at all in just coming to the website and asking a couple questions. We've got um, demo videos, which maybe we can even include those um, in the podcast notes as well, ladies, with um, a couple of videos on kind of just what HoneyBook does. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, if you guys have any questions, you can always email me at mackenzie.hughes at honeybook.com as well um, in regards to that, but happy to help with whatever anybody has questions on. And
2: Mac, don't you have a little side hustle going on? Because you know, we love our side hustles. Yeah. Shout out for the side hustle.
3: Yes. So I've got my little Etsy shop. Um, Actually, scratch that little. No, no, no. I'm confident. Um, <laughs> That's right. I've, That's got, sorry, my, girl. I've got my bad. Etsy there you go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it yeah, was. so i I retail vintage clothing online, um just kind of a passion of mine as with all creative businesses go, I was just kind of pulling my own wardrobe together and from thrift stores, and um I had people comment constantly about, oh my gosh, where'd you get that? And, I'm like, girl, I paid like a nickel for this at the bins down the street, you know? So I just decided to bring it online and um, that's called One Babe's Trash, also on Instagram, same name. And then if you just Google all one word, One Babe's Trash, I'm the top hit on Etsy there on Google. So.
2: Oh, I'm gonna check that out for sure. I mean, I know you know this, but that's how Girl Boss started. I mean, that's Sophia Amorosa's story too.
3: So funny, I know it. And I love her and I love Nasty Gal. Um, So funny, so she like started to, she like, released her book the year that I was coming out with my business and everybody was like, Oh, that's what Sophia Armaruso is doing. Like, you have to read her book. And I was like, I don't have time to read a book. I'm busy. Like I'm starting my business. And so I didn't get around to reading the book until like years later. And I was like, oh my gosh, she is doing exactly what I it was so funny. I was like, I love this. You're yeah. Walking in the
2: in the footsteps of giants basically. <laughs>
0: I, I know. I love it. Well, we will definitely link all that in the show notes so that people can find uh, you via HoneyBook and you via Etsy. That's so cool. Thank you so much, Mac, for joining us today.
3: My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope this was helpful to your listeners and uh, just so excited to you know help people in the industry and whatever questions anybody has, just let me know.
2: Absolutely. And as always, rock stars, we are going to continue the conversation in our Facebook group. If you're not a member of our Facebook group, please join us. We are at Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders, which is different than the Rock Your Wedding Biz Facebook page, just FYI. Um, And that's where we continue the conversation every week. So if you do have any questions about HoneyBook or any of these six hacks, um, or you just want to you know, vent and talk it out, we're here for you, people. We're here for you on Facebook.
0: We're always here for you. So come join us and Thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the next episode. See you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallo.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.